and welcome back to The Working Actor Show. I'm Georgie. And I'm Pierce. And today we are going to be talking about seven words and their meanings that all actors should know before going on to set. So today's episode is slightly different to what we're usually doing. So we're going to be really going in and giving you essentially a bit of education on these particular words because it can be so daunting when you're going on set for the first time. It can be really difficult knowing what certain things mean. And the last thing you need when you're in a stressful environment anyway because you're nervous, you're anxious about what's going to happen is not knowing what other people are talking about. So we'll go through these seven words because there is a ton of terminology that you will hear on set but these are the most common ones that we hear and we know that actors struggle with the most. Okay, so to kick things off, this is something that pretty much everyone on set should have, um, and that is a call sheet. So, I imagine if you've worked on any set before, you will have experienced one of these, and they all can look slightly different depending on the production company and who is making the call sheet. Uh, But usually you will be given a call sheet by either the producer or AD. Again, it depends on what kind of set, what kind of budget set as well, because independent projects, you might have people who double up as producer and AD. Um, on a bigger set, you'll have each individual person for each individual job. Um, so a call sheet essentially is a piece of paper or a document that states when everyone is needed. So on there, you'll have the time that you're needed on set. Um, and they can be a little bit daunting because there's a lot of like numbers. It's all, it's all quite... Um, well, I suppose it's quite serious um, and it can be a little bit tricky to navigate. Um, but you know what? Read it a few times, ask for help from someone if you're struggling with it and you'll get there. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think you touched upon something that's really important there, which is essentially it will vary from set to set what a call sheet looks like. Uh, you will find that when you get to the the bigger projects, it's it's more standardised. But you are right, when you're starting out, you're going to be doing independent projects, smaller scale projects, and they tend to abbreviate a little bit more or only put in what's necessary because they are resource restricted. Um, But they all have the same purpose. They all tell you where you need to be, when you need to be there, and essentially who needs to be there and who else is going to be there and that sort of thing. And don't forget that your call time doesn't necessarily mean you're going to start acting at that time. Your call time is simply when you need to get there for. Um, Because I think a lot of actors, um, especially if you're new to the game, it is like a thing that might surprise you that when you get to set, you don't just get into costume, get into makeup and start acting straight away. Oh, 100%. (laughs) Oh my word, the waiting is excruciating. Um, And it can really take actors by surprise. But just going on a slight tangent, that is the perfect time to really start networking while you're on set and and start chatting with other people because it's it's ultimately the environment that you're in and the, the it, being on set is the environment you want to stay in and the way you do that is by chatting to people who are in that environment all the time 100% and you know it can be tempting to mindlessly scroll through social media or catch up on your TikToks for the day um but even if you're not networking with people perhaps it's a quiet day perhaps there's not many people there regardless you can continue to try and land roles. So keep applying to jobs on casting sites in that time. You know, it is 
it kind of sucks because let's be fair, the reason we want to act is because we want to get up and start doing it. Mm. Um, but there are so many things that happen on set that if you sit and kind of watch and take it in, you'll understand just why it takes so much time to do everything. The crew are so busy. Camera, uh, like camera operators are setting up and lighting's being set up and goodness knows what else to make you look great on screen. Um, so yes, it does take a while, but you know, allow time for the process. Absolutely. And that's exactly why there are separate call times as well. And it is a team effort. So the more of a team player you can be, uh, the better. And, and one final thing on this point is just make sure that you're not late. Just make sure you're on time or uh, not necessarily mega early, but just, you know, slightly before your call time is, is always a good safe bet. Totally. About 10, 15 minutes before your call time. Um, my motto that I live by is on time is late. <laughs> so That's a very good motto. If you turn up at your call time, you're running a little bit late already. Um, and it just ensures that you're not stressing, you're not having to worry too much. Because let's be fair, going on to, you know, sets and especially new environments can be scary. It can be daunting. Um, mm. So you want to give yourself the best opportunity to be as relaxed and chilled out as possible. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and in order for you to get onto set, obviously you have to be landing roles to begin with. And I am going somewhere with this because it leads <laughs> us on to our, our next word that actors needs, need to know. Um, and that is sides. So sides simply mean the script or the, the, the bit of script for that day. The extract. The, yeah, exactly. The part of the script that you're going to be performing that day. Um, now, some people will just call it a script. Mm. Um, but this is purely because... In the industry, there are lots of different terms for it. So you've got, well, I say lots of different, there's sides or there's scripts. Yeah. <laughs> um, some people might say extract, who knows? Um, but yeah, essentially, sides mean that you have the part of the script that you need for that day. And script organization, I cannot stress how important it is. Mm. Um, I will be brutally honest and hold my hands up. On the last film I did, I was a mess. I didn't have my script organised. And you know what? It took time because when I wanted to run through the lines with people before the scene, mm. I was going through this loose chunk of papers just trying to find the right page. So don't skimp on that. Like, Make sure that you're getting a good um, folder and that you're putting everything into its place. If you know the days that you've got um, certain scenes being filmed, try and organise it alongside your call sheet. Now, most ADs will do this anyway, so they'll have a script set aside, but a lot of the time that's for the director or the camera operator and lots of other people on the crew who might need a script. So yes, it's great that your AD is probably very organised, but make sure that you're organising yourself as well. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And you've actually worked as a scriptee on a project, haven't you? So, you, I mean, you know firsthand just how important it is to be organised with, with your sides. Oh my goodness, yeah. It's it's super important because every single word that you say is being listened to by a script supervisor yeah. um, or, you know, an AD, a producer, whoever, dependent on what level of project you're working on. Um, and yes, while words can change and you might add little bits and bobs or like you know skip over words and things that it still makes sense um you might be sticking to the guideline of the script but bear in mind every one of those words is noted down so they know that you've done it the exact same way in the next take mm. um so making sure your script is organized you've got it to hand you know highlight your lines have it organized the way you like it but make sure it's in some semblance of order 
other than just taking a big chunk of paper in like I did because I won't be doing that again. <laughs> you learn, you live and learn. There's so many pages just scattered across the yeah. place where you'd run from one sort of shoot to another. Yeah. Um, I actually found some in the back of a director's car once. They, no. t- <laughs> they took me to set and we'd been filming in their car. Um, and uh, I hopped in with them to film another scene on like a couple of weeks later and my, my sides were in the back of their car. Oh, no. So don't do that. Learn from my mistakes. Don't do that. <laughs> and, and also, just, just going back into it as well, um, sides are what you also get sent when you're doing self-tapes and auditions. That's that's what they're called. They're, they're sides of the script. Uh, and that's why they're called sides. But what we do hear from time to time is, is people uh, miss wording it misterming it as slides uh, and again it's it's just a, a bit of a, a pet peeve but it is important to to, to be using the right terminology uh, because it is it is there for a reason so it's not slides even though it's very tempting to say slides it's sides <laughs> because it's the sides of the script that you're receiving now, of course, if you are unorganised like I am and you're looking around for your script and you're panicking going, oh my God, where's my script? I can't find it and we're filming the scene in a minute. <laughs> you are probably going to get shouted at by someone quite on set, which brings us to our next point. Now, I don't think we really need to go into this one too much. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what? Instead of talking about the meaning behind it, because we don't have to spell it out for you guys, quiet on set means stop quiet talking, set, yeah. don't make any noise. Um, but... More so just to um, affirm the point of how important it is to be quiet. Um, They don't say this just to spoil your fun. It is said because boom mics and the the sound recording equipment that Mm. they use is so sensitive. It picks up every little movement and every little whisper. Well, actually, that's a really interesting point because we, I mean, we can relate to this right now. I mean, we we had to put off recording this episode because it was raining outside (laughs) and... No, we're not using like shotgun mics or anything now that they will use on on film sets, but it's very similar the way that these microphones work, and they do pick up absolutely everything, which is why even even if uh, let's say you're you're doing an SA job and you're 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 in the background in a group far away, you still need to to be cautious about this sort of thing because if if they are capturing sound and, and you're going nearby. Whatever you're chatting with, with even if you let's say you're trying to network with with the people that you're you're in this group with, and obviously you're not going to the purpose isn't to record your sound, your audio, but it will still be picked up if you're in the vicinity. Or uh, a lot of the way that these microphones work is they're directional, so they point towards the, the subject that they're trying to record and they're trying to capture. So if you're in that general vicinity, you are going to be captured. Whatever your sound you're making. Um, they will be recorded, and and that is why it is so so important to observe the order of quiet on set. And you know what? It, it's I mean, this is why we don't gossip around sound operators, yeah. right? Because they hear everything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, for those of you who don't know, I used to work um, doing tech at um, theatres uh, before we started Actors Warehouse, and to support my acting career, I wanted to do uh, theatre tech it's still in the industry and I cannot tell you the amount of times we were doing shows and look the, the sound is they don't listen in inten- intentionally into the conversations that are happening but a lot of the job is like you know making sure that you do sound good and you're EQing uh, and you're making sure that everyone sounds fantastic and a lot of the time if it's a busy kind of time 
this will be done when you're waiting in in the wings or you know that sort of thing because uh sometimes you don't have time to go through the process of doing a foot on sound check so be careful what you're saying because <laughs> sometimes uh people do hear people can hear this stuff uh it's not necessarily that they're going out with the intention of listening in but it's just worth noting and this does apply to screen acting as well because more often uh than used to happen Productions are now using lav mics, which are those little ones that clip onto you, uh, and they tend to do sound checks again from afar because they can, and they they might be in Video Village, which is where all the directors and producers and stuff are, are watching what's being recorded and obviously listening in. So if they're not using a boom, they'll be recording that um, from afar, and they'll be able to listen in and and make sure it all sounds great. And Chances are, if they are doing this, it's going to be a wide shot and you may be quite far away from them and you you might be chatting with whoever's in the scene with you about whatever. Um, and obviously, you know, you're not being unprofessional, but if you are saying something that's potentially unfavourable towards somebody who's on set that day, there's a chance that they may, may even be listening in or be standing next to somebody who's listening in. So just 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 be careful, be courteous and be professional. Definitely. And and you know what? The amount of times that, um, I mean, to be fair, it's usually sort of hollered across mm. the uh, the set of, you know, quiet on set, please. Yeah. But the amount of times we've had before where we know people are downstairs um, or like in the house somewhere or in the, wherever we're filming, you yeah. know, um, and we've been halfway through a take and all of a sudden you've heard like a toilet flush in the distance <laughs> on the on the mic and we filmed the scene and it's all gone really well. And they're like, no, we're going to have to go again. Like we just heard like a, a yeah. toilet system refilling or, you know, we, I mean, we did a shoot once, didn't we? We, we um, were filming a scene in a, like a warehouse oh, place. Yeah. And this scene that should have really only taken us like, t- what, two hours mm. to complete took us about four um, yeah. purely because someone had their um, like plane out. It was like a, 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 what would you call it? Little Cessna sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. So it, it was this tiny little plane, but they decided that because it was a nice sunny day, they were going to fly it. <laughs> and it was kind of a, where the warehouse was, was set near some fields. So they were flying over the top. And even though the, the mic was a directional kind of mic, yeah. so it was pointing at the actor, um, we had to keep trying to take our chances in between when the plane was going yeah. over the top of us because all you could hear was that. Yeah. And you'd be surprised as well. Even the, the high-end budget, uh, not high-end budget, even the high-end professional sets uh, still struggle with this sort of thing, like mm. struggling with plane noises and having to wait for aircraft because they are so loud and they get picked up by everything. It's 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 a, it's a pain. And that's that's exactly why... Uh, sound studios exist. Uh, sound studios? What am I on about? Sound stages. <laughs> That's why sound stages exist. And sorry, just to go on another tangent there, but if you are in the position where you're filming something and you're having to hold for a plane and you or, or you're having to hold for a sound or something like that, um, try and stay quiet in those moments. It's mm. really easy to to feel the urge of wanting to have a chat with your scene partner, a chat with the director, but it can sometimes be fleeting as to whether you can get the scene or not. There are some conditions, whether it's like weather, like sometimes sun plays a big factor in that. Um, Don't go and start a full conversation. Just stay quiet, stay invested in the scene as much Mm. as you can and wait until you can film again. Just to clarify on that point, um, because obviously we're talking about sound there. um, 
when it comes to sun getting in the way of uh, a take, that is usually light related because obviously the sun doesn't make noise. But for those of you wondering, <laughs> you won't have to wait for the sun to stop being loud. You just have to wait for the sun to stop being so bright sometimes. <laughs> just to clarify. Thank you for that. That's all right. It's only because we were jumping around a little bit there. <laughs> Are you with me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If the sun is making too much noise, we have problems. Indeed. Um, but actually, <laughs> <laughs> that takes us quite nicely onto our next point. Takes. <laughs> so, sorry, Pierce, you might have to take over. That's all right. I will take this one about takes. Okay, so um, I'm assuming that most of you will know what a take is. But just to clarify, uh, a take is essentially a go at getting the shot. So... Often you'll do a few takes per shot, depending on on it's. And the thing is, as well, a lot of actors get caught up thinking that if they're not one take wonders, then they're bad, which isn't the case at all. Because I mean, sure, there is a chance that you might fluff up your lines or might not hit your mark or something like that. But it's not just you that can make the production team go for a second take or third take or fourth take or ten take tenth take. Sorry. It could be a range of things. It could be the sun being too bright and shining through the clouds and hitting the camera at a weird way. It could be uh, planes flying over that they need to cut for and and reset and do another take. Uh, But the reason why we go up takes is because there could still be things in the previous takes that are still usable. So they may decide to uh, take multiple clips from multiple takes to to create a scene uh, if they're if they're the same shot uh, and oftentimes what tends to happen is if you do t- change shots uh, and change your angles then you'll go to take one again and it will be a, a new kind of sub scene but yeah in essence a take is a go at any given shot any given uh, particular part of the script and there's no shame in going beyond two or three takes i promise you now a hundred percent. And, and you know, as Pierce has said, it's very common to go well above two or three takes. Um, takes and angles are two very different things. So just because you're going for another take of a different angle, it doesn't mean you've done a bad job. It's just that they want to capture it from a, a different perspective. Um, and one take wonder doesn't hold a lot of weight because... Mm a lot of directors and a lot of camera operators or people in the industry want shots for safety because as much as you can try and, you know, have people on set to look out for little continuity errors or little bits and bobs that might go wrong or just things in the scene that might need adjusting slightly, human error is totally a thing. And you're going to want a safety shot just so that if you need to cut between something in the editing suite, you can do that. Um, So, Try as hard as you can to erase the whole I need to be a one take wonder thing out of your head. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go in for like 11 takes of a scene where you're not really doing any sort of dialogue and you're just like walking into a room or something, I'd maybe start to worry then. Um, <laughs> but, you know, if you're changing angles and they're, they're going for takes, a director will soon tell, well, a director worth his soul or her soul will soon tell you if they're upset about something or if they don't think that you're doing something right. So trust in people's capacity to do Mm. their job. 
they're all there for a reason. They're all mm. there because they're the best person for that specific job. Definitely. So whilst all those great people are off working um, and sorting out other bits and bobs on set that they need to be doing, um, this brings us quite nicely onto our next term that you might hear, which is green room. Now, if you're working in theatre, uh, chances are you've probably come across green room because, they're, they're, I mean, they are way more common in, in theatre. Um, they still do exist in, in screen productions and to be fair, the higher the budget, more likely there will be a green room. Uh, but in essence, it is just a place for you to chill out and prepare for uh, your next needed piece, whatever it may be. And no, not all green rooms are green. No. It helps when they're green. It and does. it's funny when they're green because <laughs> it makes it more fun. Um, but yeah, essentially, and you know what? Not all sets have these. Not all theatres have these. Yeah. Um, it's just a term that is used in the industry a set might have a specific room for cast or crew to go and chill out in um, and they might call it a green room. So if you hear yeah. that, that's what it is. Absolutely. Amazing. So let's move on to our next one. We're very sound-based today. We are. We're, um, it's very, very technical. But saying that, it is important for actors to know the ins and outs of, of how this sort of stuff works. Because, I mean, a, a reality exists where you may actually be creating your own work and you need to know this stuff. But also, it does take away from the stress of not knowing what's going on. So the more you know about this, the more you feel comfortable to talk to people who are doing these jobs and know what they're doing and know how the set works and know why you might be holding or why you're resetting or why you might be taken again. And when you don't know that sort of thing, that's then when you start to get frustrated or upset or stressed. So clarity is always going to be the thing that helps you feel more comfortable when you're in these sorts of environments. Definitely. And the thing is, as much as people would love to, there's not always the time to sit and explain everything. So if yeah. you can understand it before you go on to set, you're way more likely to feel a lot more comfortable. Um, and this particular thing we're about to move on to is moz. Moz. Which sounds kind of weird. We're not talking about a fungus that grows on rocks. Or mosquitoes. Or, or mosquitoes. We you wouldn't are hear them. You, yeah, they would be annoying, but you wouldn't hear them if a shot was Moz. Because Moz basically means a take without sound. Um, so I believe that there's lots of there's lots of different meanings for Moz, isn't there? There was I, a I believe I believe it's a motor only shot because see, it, it's the uh, dates back to the old cameras where the motor would spin the reel and they wouldn't need to spin any tapes for the So sound. there's lots of different um abbreviations for yeah. it so there's motor only shot there's um mute on sound yeah um there's a few others we i i was um in a discussion with someone about it and we were like oh it's kind of just all of them and none of them all at the same yeah. time it, well, it's, it's things like uh, obviously on a clapperboard you've got uh the section that says roll mm. now obviously that is literally relating to the film roll that was used for that particular shot that was being clapped in so you'd have, you know, roll A, blah, 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 all the way through to however many. Um, and, well, you don't really have rolls anymore. You've got, like, SD cards and things like that. And Moz is another great example of a term that originates from back in the day but now has multiple meanings because, well, it's, it's the same meaning but multiple mm -hmm. uh, kind of extensions of, of the way it's, the, the abbreviation extended out because, well, we don't really need to use the original term anymore. Yeah. And the, the reason we specify when on set as to whether a shot is mute on sound or whether it's sync, which is 
what it's called when a, a camera and a, a sound device will be rolling at the same time um, is for editing purposes. Apart from anything else, it helps stop confusion on set as to whether the yeah. sound's rolling or not. Yeah. Um, but also because if an editor's sat there and they're trying to edit a clip and it it's marked on the clapperboard as sync and then they can't find a sound file for it, they're probably going to be messaging people or like panicking, going, oh my God, I can't find the sound file. There's no yeah. sound for this clip. Yeah. It also helps the actors as well because uh, it's important to stay quiet on set if somebody says quiet on set, but it's helpful to know when there isn't sound being recorded for a particular shot. Definitely. Especially if it's um, like potentially a, a a scene that's intense and you yeah. in other scenes you were having to make loads of noise for yeah. it. You know, it can feel a bit odd when there's no sound rolling and you're making that noise and everyone's looking at you like, why are you, yeah. why are you doing that? Uh, <laughs> are you speaking from experience here? Or? Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> there's been multiple times where it's been clapped in as, as Moz and yeah. uh, I just haven't. Mm. It's easy to forget though. It is easy just, to forget. Especially when you go from doing the same shot in, in a load of sync uh, and then you just go into Moz. It's, it can be difficult. You know what? We the, A couple of weeks back we were filming and... Uh, yeah. We had a, a couple of Moz shots mm. and all of us were going, okay, yeah, yeah, no sound. All right, cool, no sound. And we were filming it and it was literally just like a... I, there were no actors in the camera. It was yeah. just sort of a walkthrough. So we were, we were all like, we can talk. But mm. then none of us spoke anyway because we were oh, all so no. used to it being sync. Yeah. Um, it's, such a, it's such a weird feeling. But yeah, that is what Moz means. So if you hear that term flung around... You That's now know what, it, what means. it means. Awesome. And that leads us on to one of our uh, final points that uh, that you need to know before you get on set, and that is HMU, which is obviously hair and makeup artist. Um, so these are going to be the people to talk to most of the time if you get the chance to, because where they work on a kind of freelance basis a lot of the time, they work on a lot of sets mm. and a, a really wide variety of sets. So the old saying is, if you can get in with a HMU, you'll get into their network, and that is golden. It genuinely is. Um, apart from anything else, 99.9% of the time, they're great to chat to. Yeah. You have some really good talks with hair and makeup artists. Um, but yeah, Pierce is totally right. Their networks are huge. And mm. I know personally, I've landed yeah. roles simply through being friends with hair and makeup artists. Yeah. Do you know what? When I was when I was saying that, I was, I was just thinking, actually, you're, you've landed a, a couple of roles recently mm. through knowing HMU who's been working on, on the same project that you've now landed a role in, right? Definitely. Yeah. It, it's crazy how um, simple it is to make connections with people. And yeah. again, when we say about networking, we don't mean to go into it with the guise of I'm going to land a role from this, but simply have a chat. You know, the, the, the way I landed a role through chatting to a hair and makeup artist it wasn't because I went, oh, they've got loads of connections I can nab. It was because we were on set and it's yeah. a really long day and you chat to your co-workers. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we, we got talking about um, a project that they've worked on. I was like, oh, no way, that's really cool. And they asked about projects that I'm working on and, and, and it just it just happened and we clicked. Um, and that's not a one-off thing. It, it happens mm. a lot more, but just be open with people and have good fun. Um but yeah, if you hear HMU, it's not a knockoff HMV shop. Um, it's hair and makeup. <laughs> or an MUA. There's, MUA is yeah. makeup artist. Although, yeah. And then HMU is a department, ha which is makeup, hair and makeup. Yeah. It's, it's easy to get them confused. 
It definitely is. So we do also have uh, another term for you. This is our final term. Um, And this one I imagine you will probably already know, but um, let's go over it anyway. So the term that we're going to be chatting about is Q. So most of the time, I mean, you you probably know what a a Q is anyway, but just to really go into it, it is a certain trigger point for an actor or crew member to perform a certain task within the scene. So you may have cues uh, within a particular shot or scene that then mean that you need to do specific tasks based on what happens. Exactly. So, for example, um, you want to think of your cues a little bit like a firework display in a sense that... They kind of go one after the other, and once one has gone off, you're like, okay, not long until the next one, but someone else's firework display goes off, so then you're like, ah, okay, that's my turn to to let my firework off. Okay, <laughs> I love this analogy. <laughs> I don't know why we're thinking about firework displays, but who knows? Um, but yeah, there are going to be certain cues that aren't necessarily um, entrance and exit cues or yeah. like cues for your lines. Um, the problem with working in film sometimes is that camera angles are kind of awkward to work around sometimes. Because unlike theatre, where once you're on that stage, there's you know there's no one there sort of directing mm. you, you kind of, you're just there. Um, with being on screen, you do sometimes have a camera right in your face or really tight on a movement. And you have to be able to move in that exact same way again and again, or you have yeah. to be in a specific place. Um which is called a mark. Mm. Um, so you've got mark and cue. Um, but if you can hit your mark <laughs> Great guys. at the right cue, <laughs> you're all good. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the time what you get as well, especially if it's a, a mod shot, which is obviously something we've just covered, is there will be a specific word that is your cue. So somebody might shout uh, and start walking uh, or... Uh, they might say stop walking, or they might we- say something like turn shower on, or turn shower off, or water on, water off, stuff like that. We've had um, on set before when we've been trying to like very specifically walk into a scene mm. um, where a camera was very much in the way, so we had to kind of try and stay out of it, but stay close to it so that we could come in. Um, we've had the director sort of shout actors at us before. or um, <laughs> Actors. Actors. <laughs> um, yeah, there'll, there'll be odd cues and there'll be, there'll, there'll be weird things that you do um, because this isn't a normal profession. This isn't a normal day job. And that's why we love it, right? Mm. I don't know about you guys, but there's been a few times I've sat on set before and sort of been like, huh, this is, this is my job. This is really cool. Yeah. And if you're not doing that already, you will be soon. Oh, yeah. So 100%. Make sure that you take heed of these terms. You continue to stay consistent with using casting sites, networking, using social media and staying in a good mindset. And honestly, guys, there's no stopping you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you do want to learn more about this sort of thing, if you do feel like you're struggling to get out there, find opportunities, put yourself forward for auditions, land roles, build connections, learn how to lay that foundation of your acting career. If you're struggling to do that right now, let us know. There's a link near this episode where you can go and click and fill out an application to work with us directly. We coach actors on this stuff all the time. That's what we do full-time when we're not acting ourselves. So if that sounds like something you're interested in, feel free to do that. 
And if you want to chat about it first, feel free to reach out to us on Instagram at, at Actors Warehouse. We are always happy to have a chat. 100%. Well, that is a wrap on today's episode. So please make sure that you come back next time. And of course, if you want to chat to us, as Pierce said, we always love to hear from you guys. So have a wonderful day wherever you are, whatever you're doing. And we'll speak to you next time. See you soon. Bye. Bye.